I remember being uh, a kid trying to get into radio production and thinking, how are these guys churning this sort of stuff out? Um, and it's only in the last year that I've kind of started to feel a bit more comfortable with some of the stuff that I'm churning out. Fans of really sexy production, you've come to the right place. Hello, my name is Dom Evans. I'm head of production at Fox FM in Melbourne. And in this podcast series, I'm talking to audio producers from all around the world about how they craft the sound of radio stations. This is Podcast. My guest today is James Lawson, who's working at Bauer Media in Manchester, pumping out some incredibly high-quality production. He's also worked at Real World Europe, and we'll get to that. But to start things off, James works in a team of nine working on 33 radio stations. It's a fair bit going on, but let's let the work speak for itself. Have a listen to this. If you've got us on at work, you'll hear songs like this. Man, one of the things I notice about your work straight away is it's all very harmonic. Do you have a background in music? Um, no. <laughs> uh, That's I, extra impressive. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I always wanted to pick it up, but... In some ways, I really hate having to learn new stuff, and that's really bad of me because I do like to pick up new stuff every now and again. But just the music theory used to scare the living daylights out of me. Um, and actually, at the moment, the team's been put in for their uh, grade one music theory. So we're all trying to pick it up. But during uh, my previous job, when I was at Real World, I was pretty much put in the deep end to start picking up some of that music theory. Um, I was working on uh, Kiss UK, and all their stuff is really... Uh, well, essentially everything's tuned almost. Uh, it's really harmonic. Mm. So I was going for into the deep end to pick it up and I've just kind of learned as I've gone along and hope that I'm hitting the right notes. <laughs> Playing all the biggest hits. Let's go! Hits Radio. What plugins do you use for your harmonic textures? I think I know some of them. Uh, Waves Tune, uh, predominantly, that's the obvious one. Uh, my main one that I love, and uh, you'll never see a session that's not littered with it, Effectrix uh, has a tunnel delay where it's essentially it's a really sharp delay which you can lock to a frequency that hits the key that you want. So mm. I often automate that quite a lot. Um, it's more or less, I mean, there's a group of nine of us, so whatever plugins I have, we've all got to have, which is a problem because obviously the numbers <laughs> start to add up. Um, so you got to make use yeah. of what we have. So it's more or less waves tune. Um, I've got metal down on my, on my own and MacBook if I want to create something a bit smoother, which I might do every now mm-hmm. and again, just bounce it out. Um, but mostly tunnel delay on Effectrix. It's my, my go-to yeah. plugin, which I, I tend to litter everywhere. <laughs> Did you learn that at Real World? Is that... I actually picked it up. I'm a, this is where I'm going to come out as a huge fanboy now, but I'm a really big <laughs> fanboy okay. of uh, some Dutch stations over in Holland, 538 being one of them. And mm. I started to notice they had a specific way of um, tuning stuff, essentially. And mm. it slowly started to click that actually a lot of it was coming, that sound was coming from uh, Tunnel Delay in Effectrix. I picked it up and 
it was sort of towards the end of my my time at Real World that I figured it out. Um, and it's just sort of been my go-to thing. Even with music, if I'm doing a beat mix, essentially, and I want to transition between them, I'll always have it laid in the background as sort of my safety net to try and... Because I can automate the, the frequency on it for the key. It's sort of my safety mm. net to make sure everything sort of sounds all right, <laughs> going towards yeah. the right keys. How about something like the Ariana Build Primo? The drums. The guitars. The synths. Her voice. And you. See Ariana Grande live in New York. Hi, this is Ariana Grande. We'll fly you out. This weekend, hear two Ariana Grande tracks back-to-back today to play Ariana Grande live in New York. I hit the jackpot. I managed to find the stems for it, uh, which really helped. Um, I like to create a lot of rhythm in my production. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot of uh, like bounced-out drum loops that I've made over the time that I've cherry-picked and put in there. Uh, there's a couple of extra synths that I might have thrown in. And the way that project came about was we, I think it was 24 hours before they actually went on there, we got told that we had to make these promos. Um, and we came up with the idea, and I've been saying for ages, I just want to do a build promo. Pretty much everyone's done mm. it now, but I really wanted to try and have another go at one. Um, and I managed to persuade the team to let me take control of that part for the promo. Um, and we rolled with it, and it, it, it was great. It was really fun to piece it all together. Um, we were under a lot of pressure to get it out, so we didn't. I, I probably spent half a day on it, which was more than I've ever spent on time on a project like that. But I'd have loved to have mm. had a bit more time on it. Do you get the privilege of doing that much, where you get to put a bit of space in, or are you pretty back to back with your projects? Um, it depends how big the project is, and if it's coming at the last minute from the right people higher up, then yeah, we we can more or less space a bit more time out. We're, we've got the numbers to be able to share tickets and reassign work to each other. Um, if I need to be able to swap over to something big and spend an hour, two hours on it, um, we've got the flexibility mm. to be able to do it, and we all just do IOU tickets. Um, so, yeah, there, there is the room to do it. At other times, we've, we've just, we, we do have to set a limit, half an hour, 40 minutes on um, some promotion piece. Um, it's just unfortunate how how it rolls some days if we've got a lot of stuff. Other days it can be very, very quiet. Um, it just varies on the, the time of the week as well. Mm. So it sounds like you guys are quite governed by that ticketing system and that's like the god yeah. <laughs> of the system. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and actually, I so when I first started in Birmingham, it was just me and a guy called Simon. And the only system that we had to manage our workflow was a Google inbox. <laughs> so we used right. to get emails yes. coming from S&P execs all over the shop saying, I want this, I want that. This is the start of this. This is what they're asking for. This is some ideas. Can we get a meeting put together for this? Can I have the audio for this? And we'd have to schedule this audio into the play out, get all the numbers for mm. it and the timings. And actually, it became a mess. Um, and when Bauer bought mm. us and Simon had to leave, I was left to look after that inbox by myself for... I think it was two and a half weeks or something and it nice. was hell <laughs> so once i learned about this production hub system with tickets as much as it governs you it's it really does break things down nicely we managed to manage the the workflow that comes in um but yeah it's it is like the the the, the workflow of uh, of a god essentially <laughs> yeah but it sounds like what you're saying is it protects you as much mm. as well 
Yeah. All right, how about the time hop top of hour? This is probably my favourite piece of production that you sent through. Can you handle this? One, two, three, four. Hits Radio. Time hop. Turn it up because it's getting heavy. Were you just having like an incredible mixing day this day? What was the method <laughs> to the madness? Like, do they present you with the songs they want in there? How'd you put it together? Uh, I had a lot of freedom with that. Um, I picked off right. the playlist of music that was going on. Um, and I got in my head because it was a top of our piece i got in my head the piece of music that i wanted uh to be the sort of the backbone of it which was a madian track um and i kind of just cherry picked the tracks that i thought were going to work off the playlist um threw them all into mixing key to see what i was working with and i was able to see what was relatively going to work and what was going to need a lot of retuning um I'm I'm all about trying to keep things clean. I, if you've got to pitch something way too high and force it to work, I'd rather ditch it. So it, mm. I think that day pieced together really nice for me. It, everything just seemed to come together. Um, mm. The track seemed to work. Um, and yeah, we had the freedom to, to essentially choose what we wanted to go in there. It all gets approved at the end of the day by my boss. Um, but yeah, it, it was... He just it was just seemed to be one of those days that went really well for me. <laughs> um, mm. I had an idea in my head. That's yeah, outstanding. And like as as I was saying before, some days we have quiet days, and that was one of those quiet days where I had quite a bit of time to play about with it. Yeah, it's great, man. It's great. I mean, it's easy to sit back from these pieces at the end, isn't it? And go, oh yeah, it just came together. But I mean, it's um, it doesn't come together for people that have just started in the industry. It's a funny way of. You know, the longer you've been in there, the more these things tend to just come together, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Um, I remember being uh, a kid trying to get into radio production and thinking, how are these guys churning this sort of stuff out? Um, yeah. And it's only in the last year that I've kind of started to feel a bit more comfortable with some of the stuff that I'm churning out um, uh, in the sense that I, I've got an idea in my head and I can roll it out and not probably ditch it within the first 10 minutes. Um, but I guess once you've had a couple of years in the industry of doing that stuff day to day, you get a rough idea of what can piece together. Um, it's experience. Yeah. It really does come down to time and, as you said, experience. Hits Radio. All the biggest hits, yeah. Hits Radio. What do you think it was that happened in the last year that made you, did you hit a milestone with something or did something just click? Um, I think I was given a lot of responsibilities, uh, a bit more freedom in my stuff. Um, when I joined uh, in Birmingham at Free Radio, who Bauer eventually bought, um, I was more or less put on the side that if I had a weakness and I wanted to, which at the time was script writing, uh, if I wanted to progress on that, I could. But at the same time, if I had a strength that I was really happy doing day to day, Simon was really big for you just get on with that. I'll give you a lot of the fun stuff to do. And I think it just allowed me to kind of dwell a little more. I kind of, I, I had the freedom to find what I was happy with. Um, and there was a lot of time to experiment around with stuff because there was quite a bit of free time mm. then when he was taking taking all the other stuff. Um, and I think being able to be given that freedom for a couple of months uh, really does allow a producer to kind of well on their, their strengths and find what they're really happy with. Mm, and kind of come into their own a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And, you know, day to day, if you're getting a lot of tasks, small tasks, sponsorship stuff to do, you don't always have the time um, to experiment around with stuff. It's, it's like it's only in the last six, seven months that I've really started to get into doing little mini mashups and stuff. And that's only because on an evening or first thing in the morning, if I've not had much to do, um, I'll probably just open a blank Pro Tools session and start playing about with audio and seeing... Yeah, playing back with some random music tracks and seeing what I can get to work together. And you kind of get a rough idea of um, why that works together and how that's working together. And at that point, you can take that into your day-to-day role as a job then as well. Mm. And you mentioned scripts before. How are you with scripts now? Is that a part of your role or is that removed? Yeah, it's it's part of all our roles. Um, and we're quite lucky because we, we, we have coaching sessions if we want to be able to expand on something and my main uh, thing that I wanted to progress on was script writing so it is pretty much our day-to-day role as well there's a lot of S&P that comes in um, so we do get given a lot of client messages and a time and a date where they're going to be and we have to kind of piece it together and expand on that <laughs> so in these coaching sessions I was able to sort of start to pick up a bit more on that and get over I think I just had an initial fear really of where do I start how do I get that first line mm. um you know, I don't mind writing imaging. That's pretty much the, the basics for me to do. But when it comes to writing full uh, station sort of client-led promos, um, that's what I used to fall down. Do you think it's just one of those things, the more you do it, you know, the better you're going to be? Yeah. I mean, some people have a natural talent to be able to um, come out with the right context, I suppose. But I think, you know, you, you can be like I was myself and you can be terrible at it. Um, and then you can get to an okay level where the client's happy with what you've wrote. And if you need it to be outstanding, there's people on the team who I can dwell with. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think it's something you can easily pick up. Tell me about the jingles and the four note sonic for Hits Radio. <laughs> Did you have a role in um, putting this together or was that sort of um, outsourced through a production company or something? Uh, that's all outsourced um, to Wise Better. Mm. Um, the Bauer City Network has always seemed to lean towards Wise Better and we initially had a five-note logo. Um, One note too many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to fit that into some intros was interesting. What was the challenge with the five-note Sonic, just so I can get my head around it? It was more or less just trying to make sure everything fitted in. Sometimes you'd have a note that leaned too far over. Mm. I was trying to make the structure of the track fit with the logo and vice versa. Mm. Um, So some notes got stretched out longer to fit how the structure of some instruments did. Um, And I used to find that I was really having to cram stuff in um, to try and make it all fit. And that's where we dropped one of the notes um, and went down to four notes. And it's it's a much nicer logo, I feel, to work with. Was it just the last note that you dropped? I mean, how'd you pick which note? I think it was the last note. Did you have a vote? <laughs> uh, it came down to the geniuses at Wise Butter, but it was more or less, I think it's the last note and the second note gets, it's either shortened or extended. I can't remember which way round it is. Did, um, did, did it. Yeah. yeah. And it, do you know what, there's still people where we, we go around the building singing the old logo and some people are singing the new logo. They're so similar in context, but uh, it's change. (laughs) Yeah, it's outstanding. So I guess then the key with that is to use that in pretty much everything. 
Yeah, so anything station-led, uh, station IDs, you'll probably find it in top of hours, but anything that's got a client on, it probably won't be used on. Um, mm-hmm. Things like sweepers as such are always kept dry. It's just the the tag and the voiceovers. Um, mm-hmm. So it's mainly just anything musically uh, with the wise brother constant on, so IDs, top of hours, um, possibly some, some beds. Um, but yeah, anything with a client name, it's it's usually just the themes that we have from Wise Brother rather than just the logo. Yeah, that's clever. So what was it like before? Have you always had those logos? Can you remember a time where you didn't have a logo like that? Uh, through radio, we didn't have... We, we had some form of a logo, but I think it was more like a myth in the company. <laughs> um, <laughs> because they had a song... In what sense? <laughs> yeah, well, we had the song Jingle singing free radio, and there, there was a certain rhythm to the way that they sang free radio, and I think there was some form of a logo in that. And whether or not mm. that was classed as their logo, I don't know. Um, mm. But yeah, at free, I more or less remember doing the production without a logo. Um and that that always felt natural to me because I'd come from real world working on uh, formats like Production Vault where everything was just imaging-led. There was no logos. There was no sing parts. Um, so once I became into Bauer Media and there was all these extra parts to work with, it was quite refreshing, actually, because it was another element to add into the production and figure out how that was going to work. Mm. What an incredible place to start as well, real world Europe. <laughs> and, I, and I always felt like I'd hit the jackpot um, I'd, I'd always been a huge, huge geek um, of all the Puretonic stuff before they were real world. Um, mm. I used to follow everything they did. Um, and then they became real world. I mean, just shortly after, George hit me up. And, you know, I hadn't even had a, a job in a radio station before that. So to be able to start out with their name, it was incredible. Um, I always felt like I'd started probably a little too high. I should have maybe worked my way up to it. <laughs> Because I was jumping into the deep end, but it was fun. It was, it was, yeah, it was really good fun. All the biggest hits. Hits radio. You know, I think we all have these big learning milestones where we sort of feel like we hit a new level. Um, you know, what have those been for you? I mean, I'm guessing harmonic mixing would be one of them. Yeah, I, it's, there's the harmonic mixing. And then um, in the last two years or so, I, everything that I do has to have some context of rhythm behind it. Um, even just if it's a dry sweeper, that just seems to be my OCD probably kicking in. Um, <laughs> but I form everything around um, at a minimum of like two bars and everything has to fit around that because... When I build a piece of production, I visualize it of how it's going to get placed into the seg. Sometimes I'll put the music on either side whilst I'm building the production to get an idea. Um, so maybe just the, the rhythm part. Um, I think that's what's become my the, the bare bones of what I, I, I have as a new skill. That's interesting. I love that you put the songs in either side sometimes for context. That's clever. So when you're building a dry sweeper, or some people might call it a cold sweeper, whatever, mm-hmm. you will you put that on the grid? Is that what you're saying? To a tempo? Yeah. Um, okay. Again, it's my OCD. I like everything to be perfectly aligned. Um, mm. At one point I was creating a lot of uh, dry sweepers where they weren't fitting into the context of in between the segs. They sounded amazing by in my head and the idea and by themselves, but put them in between two songs and 
it was like a car crash. So I, I learned to have to try and put them into the context. Um, and not only that, it sometimes helps you build the idea. When, you, when you're being tasked to make six sweepers with the same tagline <laughs> and you've got through <laughs> three or four and everything suddenly starts to sound the same, it sometimes helps as well. I like that. So if you're building a dry sweeper on the grid, what tempo would you set that to? I think because of the way music's shifting at the moment, probably around anything between 110 to 125 BPM. Um, mm. There probably would have been a time where I'd chosen the producer's favourite number of 128. But I was going to say 128 <laughs> is, is that not the, yeah. I mean, if you've ever used Vengeance, like, you know. <laughs> I mean, with the music that we're playing, um, we went through that whole stage of uh, tropical house music and I think mm. that slowed a lot of our stuff down as well. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's the kind of sweet spot for me is anything between 110 to 125-ish. How do you think the tempo in music has changed radio production? Because 128 down to 110-ish, that's a significant shift. Mm. Um, I think because a lot of our production has to reflect the music that we're playing, um, I think that's what's changed us the most. We, we had to sort of shift with the music and try and find what that new trend was before uh, the music started to become on our playlist. Um, mm. I think that's what really started to define things, sort of mellowing. Um, once we'd launched the Hits Network, we predominantly became quite a bit hotter in CHR, and that's where things have started to speed back up. But I, I think it's just down to the fact that we try and reflect our production around the, the music that we're playing, really. It is interesting, isn't it? The sound of CHR production, even just in the last five years, has mm. changed so much. Um, you think about, you know, even just five years ago, David Guetta, um, yeah. you know, it was, uh, you know, Kelvin Harris, it was all that 128. Yeah. It's, um, it's really come down and as a result we've had to change how we, how we do that. Um, do you ever put something together and think, oh, it sounds a bit flat? Yeah, I have many of those moments and actually a lot of my uh methods of working is trial and error um so mm. i have a lot of pieces that i walk away uh to come back on fresh ears and i listen and it's absolutely flat as you say and like i i try and figure out what's gone wrong where and a lot of the time i don't like to try and force something to work i'll just ditch it you know i could save it mm. uh come back to it later and use it as some bank production um, but yeah, I, I, I have plenty of those moments. Um, sometimes it can be down to, I, I lay a lot of my production with impacts. Um, mm, yep. I, I seem to become like the impact queen at the moment. I, there's like five <laughs> or six impacts going on at the same time. And you know, if I've really got to get something to work, you'll probably find me layering it with more wipes and impacts. <laughs> <laughs> Douche. Hits Radio. Radio. Okay, so let's talk about good days and bad days then. So a good day, you feel like a rock star, you're completely in your element. What does that kind of day look like? Um, probably when I've got a really nice ticket in the system that I, I know I'm going to enjoy. Like the Ariana Grande stuff, when that came in and we were set on a defined time, um, something like that would be 
probably one of my best days. Something where there's a big session where there's something music-led. There's probably something that I can tune um, some harmonic mixing to go in. Uh, so mm. we're probably looking at like music promos or uh, an artist promo or something. The Remarkable Ed Sheeran Live. The tour hits Round Hay Park on Friday 16th and Saturday 17th of August 2019. Every now and again we, we all get a set of intros that we can all choose from in the team today. It tends to become a bit of a it, well, it has become a bit of a rarity at the moment that we we get them, and there's there's often three or four today, and when there's nine of you on the team, we all try and fight over them. So really. a, a, a probably a, probably a good day would be an intro today uh, and a couple of uh, nice promos, station led ones. All day long. Let's go. Viking FM. Okay, and a bad day? Lots and lots and lots of sponsor tags. They're the easiest yeah. things to make, but they're just, they just sap the energy out of you. They're 10 they're second pieces. They're soul destroying, aren't they? Yeah, 10-second it, it, pieces of audio where you're just slapping the voiceover on top of um, the, the template of the audio. But that's also part of our, our job title. So, you know, you've got to do the stuff. Um, you've got to do some of the boring stuff sometimes to be able to get the fun stuff. Um, but yeah, it'd probably be something like that. Um, or having a full day script writing. If I don't get any production mm-hmm. in there, <laughs> it's, that's when I start to get a little down. Yeah. And so how about one of those good days that goes wrong where you're building a big tuned promo or something and do you ever just have one of those moments where you're like, oh, it's not going well, it's not working for me? Yeah. Um, well, for example, the time hop top of hour, I think that was my second version of it. Initially, I'd, I can't even remember what the bass track I'd used, but um, I'd spent like a good half a day on it. I think it was a Monday or something, and Monday tends to be our quietest day of the week. Um, yeah. And it just wasn't happening, and I'd spent half a day on it, and I felt like I should probably scrap it because it wasn't going anywhere, but at the same time, I also felt really guilty because I'd spent half a day's worth of time on <laughs> and it. And invested, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it probably looked like that a little. Um so would you then sleep on that and come back to it? Yeah, I, I, I'm I, big on walking away from things, working on a different project, or just go and have a chat with someone. Um, just mm. try and get yourself out of the moment and come back, uh, listen to things on fresh ears. I It's one of the things that I picked up at um, Real World was to not constantly listen to something for an hour straight and then send it. Try and plan in the time to come back on fresh ears and listen to things because nine times out of ten you'll spot something that's completely wrong or you didn't even vision it to sound like that. Um, if it's a big enough project where we've got the time, yeah, I'll probably leave it and push it to the next day if I can um, so I can go away and reflect on it and come back the next day. Yeah, well, you start to kind of hear what you want to hear, I think, sometimes. Hmm. Don't you reckon? Definitely. I think you trick your ears in and... It's like if you look at the waveform enough, you think you know what it's going to be and you just trust your eyes more than your ears. Yeah. There's a lot of good learnings there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, definitely. How about inspiration now? So if it was real world and pure back in the day, where do you sort of draw inspiration from now for your work? Um, there's a couple of people that I've been following a while now on SoundCloud. Uh, Brad Leesk, I'm a huge fan of it, some of his stuff. It's very good. Um Steph, uh, 538, 
Um, my inner fanboy will probably come out again at some point. <laughs> Five, three, eight. But I mean, the stuff yep. they're doing is incredible. It's really hot. A lot of my inspiration uh, to try and see what everyone else is doing does come off a, maybe a quarter of a day of browsing around SoundCloud, seeing what's new, seeing what everyone's posting. Do you ever find that overwhelming at the same time where you you go and listen and you sort of think, oh, shit, that's way better or, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, and when I first started in radio production, I used to think, you know, it used to put the fear in me in the sense that I loved what they'd done. But like, God, how do I even come up with some of the stuff that they're doing? How do I come up with those ideas in the first place? How do I put pen to paper? Um, but actually, I really enjoy getting to hear what they're doing, especially when they're in different markets to us. It probably wouldn't work what they're doing in our market or exactly at our station, but it's really nice to be able to understand what they've done and see some of the production aspects of it um, that I can sometimes take away and try and see how we can implement other stuff as well. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting that you mentioned uh, that uh, and Brad Leesk because in his episode we were saying how... It's like the highlights reel. People only ever put their greatest yeah. work. You're not going to go and put like your cold sweepers that didn't work or the out of key promo. Yeah. Um, so as much as SoundCloud can be an inspiration, it's also kind of like Instagram where it, you look at it and you sort of think, yeah, it's, that's the absolute cream of the crop though, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, everything seems to be perfect. Hits Radio. Now, let's talk about some fun stuff, mate. What's this BMW I keep seeing on your socials? It's very sexy. <laughs> is this your pride and joy? You see, this is a, this is a very... Um, it's a good co- uh, topic that I, I could talk about all day. Um, <laughs> I, I was very, very fortunate. I had a one-litre Fiesta before that and uh, managed to get myself into a four series with... I wanted the M Performance body kit on it and the only one available at the time that fitted the... the spec that I wanted was the highest engine rate that you could get in a 4 series so I've now I went from a 1 litre Fiesta to a 3 litre um, <laughs> but accidentally last weekend it didn't all go to plan I managed to run it into a crash barrier on the side of a motorway so oh, it's it's partly just yay. in a body shop waiting quite a lot of repair at the moment but uh yeah, it, it's. I've had a lot of people. It's my pride and joy, and I love it. But there's a lot of people at the I'm moment. I'm so sorry. There's a, there's a lot of people at the moment telling me to, to sell up and get rid because there's a couple of things recently that have all come along, and they're all going, oh, it happens in threes, you know, what's going to be next? But um, mm. yeah, it's my pride and joy. It's, I tend to post that more than anything radio <laughs> at the moment. Um, if I'm not sat in Pro Tools with my headphones on being antisocial, I'm probably sat in the garage <laughs> polishing it. <laughs> well, man, um, listen, your work is killer and I can't believe you're only 24. The sound of your work is just outstanding. Um, you must Thanks. be so proud of yourself. Congratulations, man. Thanks for that. If people want to get in contact, what is the best way for them to reach out and connect? Um, I'm always quite active on SoundCloud. I'm always taking inbox messages and I love replying to people. Um, I, as a kid, couldn't always get my work to be giving out to people to get feedback, but I love giving feedback to people because, you know, I struggled at the time trying to get my first footstep in. And if someone's wanting to reach out with some audio that they've made, whether it be something that they've known how to make or something that they've just made on the spot, uh, I'd love to be able to give feedback on that. So you can hit me up on uh, SoundCloud. Um, 
I'm trying to think of my username. This is really bad. Actually, I had it jotted down like a true professional. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Imaging Radio. Is that you? Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) Or you can just search James Lawson as well and on Twitter at Producer Lawson. Perfect. Awesome. James, thanks so much for joining me on this podcast, man. I know there's so many people that will be really um, excited to hear from you and, and what you're doing. So thank you so much for your time. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. How good is James's production? That was outstanding. James, thank you again so much, and that work is just killer. Next week, a producer who spent most of his career in the US, and we're now lucky enough to have him, at least for now, in Australia, Mike Santos from Today FM Breakfast. When things build up and things get really stressful, get it done and go outside for five minutes. Because when you're producing and you're stressed, it has a snowball effect. If you want to get in contact, show at gmail.com. I'm at Dom Evans AU on Twitter. And until next week, hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>